0: This message was presented at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Buenos días. Well, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say good morning and uh, say hello? Morning. I know you're tired. I'm Brian.
2: Nice to meet you. Where are you
3: from? from Colorado. Oh, <laughs>
1: Awesome. All right, now, take a minute to exchange credit card numbers. Go ahead, right now. Let's go ahead and uh, start with a word of prayer. Very good morning to everybody. Uh, I'm Pastor Gary Blanchard, and we'll be talking about living dangerously. And I'll I'll share with you really quickly what we're going to be talking about for the next several sessions, so you can kind of find out which ones you want to be a part of and which you may not want to be a part of. But uh, I'll kind of give you the outline. But today we're going to talk about living dangerously for God that's what we're going to talk about so let's um, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Jesus, yeah. we are, we're talking about living dangerously today, but really it's actually living it's more dangerous living for the enemy than it is living for you. Actually, you tell us if we live dangerously for you we'll actually find our life and not lose it. Amen. So Lord help us not to be deceived into thinking that serving you is the most dangerous thing we can do, and it it's not. It's serving the enemy. So, God, we are we're choosing the best path, and that is to live our lives for you, and we know we're going to face dangers, but we know we'll never be alone because you will be with us to the very end. You've promised. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Um, I wanted to read the verse to you that uh, we spoke about on Sabbath because I want to make sure this is our, our key text for the entire event. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We just want to use this as our Springboard passage, and you, most of you, might know this by heart, but ye shall receive what? Power. Power. After what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? My witnesses. Where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria. And where? To the ends of the earth, right? Very powerful verse. Now, remember yesterday we talked about how that verse contains two very important things. First, it contains God's vision. And secondly, it contains God's what? Provision or his power through the Holy Spirit. So here we have his vision, all of it right there. God's vision and the power to make it happen. And by the way, this verse is not only for everybody, it's also for you personally. Because notice notice two times the word you is mentioned in there. You. You shall receive power. You. Turn to the person next to you and say, you, buddy. You don't need to wait till your pastor gets on fire, amen? amen. amen. You don't need to wait till your neighbor gets on fire, amen? amen? You don't need to wait till your brother and sister and your parents get on fire, amen? Okay. This pest is for you. Start with you. One of my favorite stories is of a woman who went to a pastor one day and said, Pastor, my church is so dead. My pastor, he's a terrible preacher. The people are all gossipy and judgmental. Church is dead. What can I do to revive those people? The pastor said, here's what you do. I'm going to give you a secret. She goes, okay, tell me. He said, I I want you to go back to your house. Okay. I want you to go upstairs to your room. She's like, okay, this is cool. She said, he said, I want you to go inside your closet. She said, okay. He said, I want you to get a piece of chalk. He said, okay. She's like, this is really cool. He said, okay. He said, the pastor said, I want you to draw a circle on the ground. She said, oh. This is so cool. How is this? this is good. And then he said, I want you to stand in the circle. <laughs> She's like, ooh, now what, pastor? And he said, ask God in the closet, in the circle, to change you first. Yeah. Don't try to change your church. You change first. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And how does that happen? Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. So we want to live dangerously for God because that's his vision for us. Remember the word witness means martyr. So it's not just about, it's about sharing Jesus to the end, not only the end of the earth, but also possibly to the end of your life. It's a radical call. So we're talking about living dangerously. We're going to talk about one-year mission because we want to make it practical. We want to talk to you about how you can actually get involved with some initiatives that are already happening. Uh, like one-year mission. Everybody say O-E-M. O-E-M. OEM. Caleb. Everybody say Caleb. Caleb. And everybody say G-H-20. GH20. GH20 stands for give him 20. And we'll talk about that in a minute. These are some initiatives that you can get involved in right now to start living dangerously for the Lord. So that's what we're, we're going to be talking about. How many of you have ever heard the term rewilding before? Raise your hand. It's a term that just showed up about in the 1990s, 96. How many of you have heard of Yellowstone National Park? I think probably all of us have, right? Yellowstone ran into some problems because about 70 years ago, they banished all the wolves. They thought that would be a good thing. Get the danger out of here, right? Well, the problem is, when you don't have any wolves, what happens as a result? You get overrun by what? Deer. deer. And what do deer love to eat? Grass Grass and berries and everything. And guess what all the other rodents in the world like to eat? (laughs) The same thing. So all of a sudden, all Yellowstone National Park had was deer. No trees because they were eating the, the seeds. No berries, so no bears, no eagles, no hawks. In fact, they noticed that the, the very um, river started to meander in a weird way. They didn't have any, like, they didn't move straight along anymore. It, was, it actually affected the, the landmass of Yellowstone. Well, guess what they decided to do? Bring the danger back. In 1995, they called it rewilding. They began to introduce the wolves back into Yellowstone. Yellowstone became a gorgeous place again when they brought the wolves back. You say, what does this have to do with what we're talking about today? We need to rewild the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We need to get dangerous again. We need to bring the danger back. In other words, we need to get serious about getting involved in mission service. Now, by the way, we don't want to make wolves. Wolves will find us on their own, right? The idea is to go forward and live dangerously for God and move forward. We need to bring the danger back. So we need to rewild the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Something's happened. We started playing it safe. Islam is not playing it safe. Hinduism is not playing it safe. They're going. Whereas the church of the living God is playing it safe. We've got to stop playing it safe. We need to live dangerous. We've got to rewild. Amen? You say, Pastor Gary, God would never ask his people to do things that are dangerous. Ever. Well, here's a verse for you right here. Let's read it together. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of what? Wolves. Therefore, be what? Wise as serpents and what? Okay. The first thing you need to realize about this is that Jesus is saying, look, he doesn't say to you, he says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. He doesn't say, go out there and make wolves. He says, you are sheep, go out there, and there's going to be wolves all around you. I just want to warn you about that. The second thing he says to us is, don't go stupid. Be what? We need to be very strategic in the way we're thinking, right? Right? Um, in how we go about reaching the lost and reaching the world, but we do need to go. We need to be wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. What do you think it means to be as gentle as a dove? Okay, yeah, very good. We're not we're not terrorists. That's very good. Uh, who do we know that's described as a dove in the Bible? This is it. This right here is an indication we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there again, you have Acts one eight. Do you catch that? And you shall receive power when? So, so Jesus is saying, look, go strategic and go filled with the Spirit. Pretty neat, huh? But go among the wolves. Play dan- live dangerously. And like I just said a little while ago, really, it's more dangerous serving the devil than serving Christ. The price is way higher for, uh, serving the devil. It's uh, serving God. The end result is that you find your life and you don't lose it. Amen? Okay, so where do we need to live dangerously? We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Remember when we talked about how young people are arrows in the hands of a warrior? And I put a nice little picture of a guy with a bow and arrow. Don't you like that? Pretty cool. Um, Young people were designed to live dangerously. And we talked yesterday about the areas that we need to send young people into, the cities of the world. We talked about that yesterday, right? Um, How many of you believe that Ellen White is a prophet? Can you raise your hand really high? All right. We're not saved by believing that, right? But isn't it good to know that God gave our church a prophet? I mean, come on, we shouldn't be ashamed of that. We should be very happy. And she over and over again says, The work for this time is to reach the cities, reach the cities, reach the cities. We've been told to hit the cities. In fact, you know that uh, uh, Daniels was the GC president at that time, and he came to see Ellen White one day, and she wouldn't even see him. She goes, I don't think you should be the leader of the world church because you know what? You're not doing what I told you to do, You're, we're not reaching the cities. And finally, he said, "Okay, Mrs. White." He refocused his ministry and started reaching the cities. And then she said, "Come on and let's talk." She was serious. It wasn't she was mean. It's just that people will go to will be lost in the cities if we don't reach them. Right? That's right. Okay. So the second thing is universities. We've talked about that. Ninety uh, percent of Seventh Avenue young people do not go to our schools. Right. They go to second universities. What percent? Ninety. Ninety percent. Okay. And of course, that's we'd love it if they went to our schools. Amen. But if you think about it, it's also huge potential. What if our young people that are going to these universities saw themselves like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And they're willing to stand up for God, not only with their lives, but also with their words. Mm -hmm. And set an example in these universities that are becoming wicked in many ways. Am I right? Yes. So we're to target those cities. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then, of course, we've talked about the 1040 window, that three-fourths of the world population live in that area. And what percentage of them have not heard the gospel?
2: 90.
1: 90% 90 have not heard the gospel. They don't know they have a Savior. They will die without God and without hope in this world. You say, Pastor Gary, what about those who have never heard the name of Jesus? Let me tell you some really good news about God. Whenever there's a heart open to God, he always sends a missionary. You can find that throughout the whole Bible. When there is somebody in these areas who have a heart for God, he will send a missionary to them. It might be through the radio waves, it might be through TV, it might be through a dream, or it might be through a missionary that comes to their door. But God will send a missionary because you know there's no other way to be saved except for Jesus. How about, how about Rahab? What are the chances of her being saved? Here she is in the middle of a lockdown city. She's a prostitute. But we know as we study her life, she had a fear of God. She had a love of God. She watched God and all he's doing. So who does God send? Two coal porters, right? Just kidding. Well, let's use that as an example. He sent the two spies, right? What about Nebuchadnezzar? Here's a wicked king. He's lying awake at night. The Bible actually says in Hebrew that his heart was pounding. He was hearing the sound of treading footsteps. So the idea is that he was sensing impending doom at night, and he couldn't sleep. Now, what a lot of emperors in those days would have done is just drink it out drink it down, just kind of ignore it, get into the pleasure scene or whatever else. But Nebuchadnezzar was exceptional. He knew God was speaking to him. He just didn't know the answers. So who does God send? He sends a PCM ministry team. You see what I mean? Whenever there's a heart open for God, he sends a missionary. Is there any way to be saved apart from Jesus? No. What about those who have a heart for God but don't know his name? What? He sends a missionary. Don't forget that. If you're feeling a call in your heart to be a missionary, it's because there's somebody that only you can reach, and he needs you, and you're being called. Tomorrow I'll be talking about the call of the wild and God's call in your life to, to be a missionary, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but we just talked about um, the 1040 window, and you can see where that is. It starts from North Africa, Middle East, and China. You have to go into these places very carefully. Um, you'd have to go not as a pastor or a missionary or an evangelist, but as what? Any other way, (laughs) undercover, like the Waldensians. I'll share with you a verse from the Waldensians in a minute. So you're saying like, okay, Pastor Gary, this is really a great thing that you're sharing. I'm I'm in. I I believe this is true, but do we have any initiatives that I can be a part of so I can actually get involved? Yes. Everybody say PCM. PCM. Now, I know in North America, we have a different name for it. Everybody say ACF. ACF is Adventist Christian Fellowship, and you can go to their booth. And sign up to be start a chapter inside your local university. Even if you don't go to that university. In fact, I want to challenge, how many of you go to second universities? Raise your hand. All right, and keep your hand up if you're part of a PCM. Okay, some of you guys are like Daniel's already there. Start a PCM chapter. All right, there's an idea for you. And they'll show you how to do it. But guess what? Where could you go on the internet to find all the information you needed on PCM? Where could you go? There's a little hint for you. Cheat sheet right here for you. Youth.adventus. This is your world website, young people. This is not mine. This is yours. And if you go there, you'll find a link to Campus Ministries. By the way, you could skip this and go right to PCM if you wanted to. But I'm trying to drive everybody to my website. Just kidding. Uh... Did I say your website? Um, So you could go right to PCM if you wanted to. But you should check this one out because this has all these things. And this is your website with all your information. All right. Let's say, um, how many of you heard of Caleb Mission? This is very, ex- oh, of course, the Brazilians, yeah. The Brazilians are way ahead of us. Come up here, guys, real quickly. Tell us about Caleb Mission. Come, come here. You can, you can, you can say no. You can claim the fifth if you want to. Come on, he's up here already. Tell us, what is, what is Caleb Mission, and what's the big deal about Caleb Mission? Tell everybody your name.
0: Uh, my name is Felipe. Uh, well, I live here in Texas, but from Brazil. So Caleb Mission is, uh, I think, students get like a summer off. When mm-hmm. they go to mission, uh, I think we had uh, our group from our church go to Amazon, and they spent like uh, three, three months there, I think, or two months, uh, just doing mission work with the uh, indigenous people, uh, people in the cities. Uh, and it's really cool. I got a shirt, so it's Amen. pretty cool.
1: And then everybody say thank you. thank you. So he's he's really right. Caleb Caleb mission is sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks, sometimes three months. It's where conferences. Or local churches get together as a team. They get a team of young people together and they target a particular city. And they go and they spend the day loving on the people. Yeah. And then the evenings, they hold evangelistic meetings and people are getting baptized. I was in uh, Peru not long ago. And they had a Caleb Mission project up in, out in Peru. And there were 10,000 young people there who came for Caleb Mission. These are young people from conferences all over the union. And if you're a union youth director or a conference youth director or a leader in your local church or a pastor, this is a great option. Is get all the other sister churches together, all the conferences together. And what they do is they pull these young people together so it's it's like real synergistic. And they target a city. I saw 10,000 young people. And when I went to the city, I saw them doing acts of kindness to the people in the community and then inviting them to nightly meetings. And then at night, I remember driving down alleys and seeing Seventh Day Adventist young people standing on these little platforms they put in the middle of the streets, with hundreds of people listening to them as they preach the Three Angels' message. It's powerful, and that's called Caleb Mission, and it's probably one of the best kept secrets in Adventism. You might not be all about doing the one-year mission thing, but the Caleb Mission is where a teams, a big army of young people, converge on a city. Do you know the mayor was in tears when he gave me the key to the city? He gave me the key to the city. Because of the impact that they did. And I'm like, why are you giving me the kid? I didn't do anything. All these kids did. He goes, well, you represent them. So yeah. <laughs> So I, get to, I, I was lucky to get the key, even though all the kids, it was just amazing, just to see what God was doing through Caleb Mission around the world. This is a really good option. Where would you go to learn more about Caleb Mission? Bang, yeah. you guys are so smart. The other one is one-year mission. And right now, we are challenging um, every union around the world to have a one-year mission. This is, where one, this is where young people take an entire year out of their lives, either after high school, or it can be after college, or it could be even during college or during their occupation. In fact, I was down in Recife with a, a bunch of young people there who are reaching their city for an entire year, and they're using Christ's method alone. What was Christ's method? Well, yes, you met needs. Do you remember? It's, everybody say socialize, socialize. Sympathize. sympathize, serve, serve. save. Everybody say it again. Go. sympathize, sympathize, serve, save. Ministry of Healing, page 143. What what these young people do is, nobody tells them what to do. These young people get together, they choose the city, and they together come up with a plan of attack. Churches are being planted. Local churches are being revived. And people are being saved through these young people. Amen? Amen. Powerful to, to read about what's happening. So... We also have another initiative that's coming up. This is an initiative where uh, we are asking for 100,000 evangelistic sites around the world run by young people. We're appealing for 100,000 evangelistic sites around the world young by, run by young people. What do you think? Amen. And we're putting all the materials online. Where would we put all the materials? Online. And what's the, where, where, would we, where would you find it online? You, you guys are brilliant. We'll have all the powerpoints, the whole plan of attack, and here's what you can do: you can either hold a traditional evangelistic series where you preach the Three Angels' message, no problem. You can do that, or you can actually have an evangelistic series in a small group in your dorm room. Not only that, what we're wanting to do is we also want to challenge young people to hold an evangelistic meeting on YouTube. Cool. By the way, did you know? Yes, thank you. By the way, did you know there's a booth here at GYC? Um, where there's a gentleman there that's trained he's from, uh, Fox, Foxnet, is it called Fox? Uh, Mark Fox's booth, where he trains young people to actually do these YouTube videos online. So there's another option for you. Very exciting. So there's some things to really look at. Just a minute, we'll get to it in a second. Um, a couple other things you can find on the website that I think you might be interested in is how many of you have heard of the Global Youth Leadership Congress? You guys hear about that? That was, hap- You know, you guys know it was happening in Castle, Germany, where we brought youth from all around the world. By the way, there was David Asherick there, there was a bunch of speakers that were there, and many of them spoke on how to reach the 1040 window. Guess what? We recorded all of those sermons and all those workshops. And if you go to youth.avenist.org, again, this sounds like a real production for youth.adventist.org, but anyway, if you go there, you can get all the podcasts and all the sermons and everything that are right there, so you can get some training if you want to know what some of the steps that I can do to do that. We've also just developed a brand new leadership magazine that you can get at youth.adventist.org. You can download that, and this is all training in here on how to be a minister for the master. Amen? So what I'm trying to tell you guys is your youth department for the World Church has a vision. It's not their vision. It's whose vision? It's God's vision. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to create resources and initiatives to get in line with what God is doing. You know, oftentimes we ask God to bless what we're doing. Instead, we should be saying, Lord, help us to do what you're blessing. If God has a vision to go to the ends of the earth, then we just want to be a part of that plan. So all these initiatives I'm talking to you about, Caleb Mission, One Year in Mission, PCM, and these resources, it's all about trying to be a part of God's plan and what he wants to accomplish. I'm very excited about GC Session 2020. You guys know about GC Session, right? Do you guys know where it'll be? A little hint up there for you. (laughs) Indianapolis. Um, let me tell you some sad news, and then I'll tell you some really good news. Okay, yeah, here's the sad news. If you haven't noticed, we don't have a global youth congress anymore. A lot of people have written me a lot of hate mail on that. Pastor Gary, I need a global youth congress. Um, what we did is we changed it to a global youth leadership congress. So in other words, we're, we're trying to bring leaders to congress. Um, in fact, we're going to do another one in 2023. But what I got to thinking about and what I talked to Pastor Ted Wilson, our president, about is the fact that we'd need a youth congress. What if we turn GC session into a world youth congress? What if while they're having the big event there, we also have a youth event and we mingle the two as often as we can so our young people can get connected with our church, but it's our youth congress. We're very excited about this, and I want to challenge you young people. I'll give you a tip. You're the first people I've told this to. We're going to have registration for this online at what website? And you can register right away to be there. You can get a dorm room. We're going to have all the dorm rooms. We'll have all the materials and everything for you if you want to go to that. But guess what? At that event... We're going to be training on how you can go and reach the 1040 window, reach the cities, and reach uh, public campus ministry. So we're going to do actual training tracks where we're going to have teachers that are doing those things actually doing the training. You can get a certification and the materials that you need. So what do you think? Okay. Now, after GC session, you know oftentimes we go into a city, we like blow the place up with all kinds of stuff that we're doing, and then we're gone. No more. When we go to the GC session, we're going to have our event and then launched right out of Indianapolis and Detroit, we're gonna start one year emissions. Where are you gonna use G C session as a springboard for one year mission? In fact, I brought somebody very special here who's gonna tell us about one year mission plus. Everybody say one year mission plus. You see that little plus sign? It means right after G C session. All right? Tell us about it. Thank you.
4: Turn over on the back. The QR code at the top actually takes you right to One Year in Mission, um, the, the youthadventist.org webpage. So if you QR, QR code that, that takes you right to the website he's been talking about. So hopefully that will be handy. So how many of you have ever experienced having a mentor? Okay, there's a few hands. How many of you, how many of you see that as a key component in your personal ministry and in your walk with Christ? This one-year mission is that. It is not just doing ministry or establishing a center of influence or, inf- or impacting a community. What it is is having mentors that are helping you to impact that community, to grow you as a leader, but also to have you rooted and grounded in that relationship with Jesus Christ so that as Elder Bancher was saying, we really know how to socialize, sympathize, And, yes. So, with this program, the first one is actually launching this year. And we're basing it in Detroit. At the bottom, you can get information on that. We're looking for young people between the ages of 18 and 35 that are willing to take a year to impact the urban centers and the universities. It's interesting that when you think about... The the groups that Elder Blanchard mentioned, the cities, the universities, and the 1040 window, when you go to a university campus, you have all three of those there. Because it's in a city, you have the 1040 window that is coming to us in the United States. You don't have the language barrier. And you're able to reach these these people that are coming from the 1040 window and they're so open because they're now being impacted by a culture that challenges all their values. They're needing to learn English. They're wanting to learn how to get around the city, how to find a grocery store, how to understand the cultural things. As well as in Detroit, there's needs for health. So there's many different components that are going to be involved in this one year in mission. But the biggest component is that mentorship. Because we want people that walk away from this experience to not only have impacted the city, but also be able to be an effective leader wherever they go. We're looking for leaders that are willing to take a radical commitment for the Lord for nine months. It is not going to be easy where you may be sleeping on the floor somewhere. So I'm not, I don't want to paint a picture that everything is going to be perfect, you know, but the first year, it's going to be exciting. We're going to be piloting the program, and then you'll be able to impact Indianapolis 2020. Those who go through the program will be then leaders in 2020 to help um, start that movement right after GC 2020. I'll be here if you have any questions
1: can they get involved in that let me ask you a couple so, questions. so sure if they're, they're thinking wow i'd like to be a part of that what do they
4: do so there's a qr code at the bottom here if you go to the website it has all the information there there's the email address at the top pcm at misda.org i represent public campus ministries in the michigan conference that's something i've been involved in for the last 16 years and so that's more of where my experience has been but we have another group that is working in the Urban Center as well. So you can get a lot of information from that QR code and at that website. Oh,
1: that's very good. Can we give her a big hand? That was awesome. So, so I'm hoping you're kind of seeing that we're not just throwing out an idea here and then not having stuff to actually get you involved in. Amen? You see some stuff here? But there may be some of you here today that are mavericks. You know what a maverick is? I like your plan, but I have another one. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. How many of you guys ever heard of Abraham LaRue? Oh, man, great story. I mentioned him yesterday, but Abraham LaRue was a 66-year-old man. How old was he? 66 Years old, living in Windsor, California, and he was a logger. He's out there logging, just a tough tough guy, you know? He's out there logging and working, and um, here's the call of the wild. And by wild, I mean the call to live dangerously from the Lord. And he's logging, and he hears this call. He's 66 years old. And God says to him, Abraham, I want you to go to China. He's like, China? <laughs> I'm in Windsor, California. What do you mean China? Are you crazy? But he kept this continual voice. You need to go to China. I want you to go to China. He goes, I don't know the language. I know nothing. I need to go to China. He goes, okay. He goes to the general conference, and he says, guys, I would like to go to China. And they do everything but laugh. And they said, "Um, sir, great idea. We like your your gusto and your courage. But you're too old. So he goes back home. Still the voice. You need to go to China. So what does he do? He raises his own money. Creates his own gospel flyers. (laughs) And guess where he goes? Flies to China. And he did enough study to know that it's probably good to start in Hong Kong. So he goes to Hong Kong, by the way. You guys know Hong Kong is the gateway to China, right? It's how you reach China. It's, it's the best way to reach China. And they're they're concerned that in the next few years, China, they're wondering what will happen to China. I'm sorry, what will happen with Hong Kong. Will it become communist again or will it stay the way it's at? Because it only has a, an agreement for a certain amount of years. But so he goes to he goes to Hong Kong, this is many, many years ago, and he starts handing out flyers, learning the language, reaching people. He starts leading many people to Christ, but he doesn't feel comfortable baptizing because he feels like he's a layman and he can't do that. And guess what? Ten years later, the church finally sends a, quote, official Seventh-day Adventist missionary, and he's able to baptize the the souls that Leroy um, Froome, Abraham LaRue, had baptized. Good story, isn't it? Some of you might be just like that. You're like, Caleb, that's great. One year on mission, that's great. God's calling me to do this. God's calling me to plant a church in my city. God's calling me to plant a church in China. God's calling me to start a mission. God's calling me to start a medical facility. God's calling me to do this. Guess what? Go. If God's calling you, you'll be successful. Trust me, you'll be successful. You might not think so. One of my favorite stories was a story that happened many years ago in Africa. It's the greatest, coolest story. Uh, This young couple went to Africa and um, they thought they would get into the village and they would be accepted inside the village, but they weren't. They were ostracized. The, the chief there didn't want anything to do with them. He didn't want the Christianity. It had a lot of its own pagan little rituals and beliefs there, heathen beliefs. So they didn't want... The witch doctor definitely didn't want them there. So they ended up living on a ridge a mile or two away from the city. And they, they didn't really have any access with anybody and they were very, very discouraged. They're like, "Well, oh God, you sent us out here. We know you called us here and nothing's happening. Well... Um, the only contact they had with the village was this little boy that kept coming back and forth selling them eggs. And they said, well, okay. All right, Lord. And they would take the chance when the little boy came to sell them eggs to tell them a story about Jesus. That's all they did. Eventually, she got very sick. um, And after she had a baby, she actually passed away. The mother did. The little baby... The husband was so angry at God that he denounced God for leaving him there with making no impact on the village. Lost his wife, kind of like J.N. Andrews did. Lost his wife, and all he had was a little baby girl. And he's like, God, I'm done with you. I'm done. And he took the little girl and he gave the little girl to a missionary couple that lived in Africa there. And he went off, took off. Little girl grew up, she got married to a pastor was looking one day in a magazine and she saw a picture of a little grave and she had seen pictures of this before. It was a grave of, of, of her mother. A picture on some kind of a mission magazine. True story, All right. And she looked at the picture in the magazine and she saw the grave of her mother and she started reading through it. And it blew her mind. Because what she was reading in here was a story of her parents and about a little boy that would come and, and sell them eggs. And that little boy grew up and loved those stories of Jesus, and began to teach the other kids in the village the stories of Jesus. Eventually, this little boy became a pastor. And she saw pictures of all the people that this young boy had baptized, and they had started, and this young man found out about her, and she found out about him, and they got together, and she actually went to that spot where her mother was buried. And this young man had all the villagers show up from that village that were led to Christ and were baptized. And they said, we would not be here if it wasn't for your mother and father. And the story gets even better than that. She goes back to her, founds her father. And she tells him the story. He begins to make a conversion experience in his life. turns his life around to the Lord. He dies about a year later in the Lord. No matter where God sends you, you will always be successful. Say, always be successful. successful. You might not think so right away. God is... (laughs) God is ahead of you in doing mighty things. Amen? Amen? Listen, I'm not telling you to do something boring. I'm calling you to, to the greatest adventure ever given to the human race. And that is to take the message of Jesus to the very end. Your life hasn't even started till you get going with that. That's when it gets really exciting. And that's when you start seeing miracles of the Lord. Um, so if you're a maverick, I wanted you to say today that God may be calling you to do something else. But go. Go. Amen? Amen. Find an armor bearer to go with you if you can. Find somebody who will go with you. Like, like Jonathan did, but, but do go and be faithful in God's calling in your life. Um, Jesus said, told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and what? Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will what? Now watch this promise. But whoever loses his life for my sake, what? It's actually the path to finding your life. I think that's pretty cool. Um, you guys have seen this already, I think. I'm going to skip this one, too. How much time do we have, by the way? 26 minutes. 26 minutes. Okay, so maybe I'll show you this video. Here's one of your mission. Some of you saw this already, but we'll do it again.
2: Billions of people around the world live in cities. There are over 100 cities with a population greater than Can You guys 1 even hear that? Many people living in these cities have no knowledge of Jesus. They are surrounded by crime. Racism, disease, corruption, and godlessness. What will you do? Will you stand by and watch, or will you go and demonstrate the love of Jesus? Evangelism is the essential work for this time and will result in starting a mighty movement such as we have not yet experienced. The everlasting gospel is the only real antidote for the godlessness found in the cities of the world. Do you hear His voice calling you into the cities? There is only one effective method of evangelism, Christ's method alone. He is calling you to be a part of a mighty army of youth who will socialize, sympathize, serve, and share His love with those in the cities. One year in mission, are you ready? If you're a committed Seventh-day Adventist from ages 18 through 35, active in your local church, graduated from high school, a good team player, highly recommended by your pastor, and determined to take an entire year off to focus on this ministry. One year in mission is for you. Why wait? Let's take the cities now. Find out more at www.youth.adventist.org.
1: So there's a little promo video. All these videos, promos, and resources are all on the website that I told you about. Everybody say January 28th. January 28th. January 28th, we actually, we're actually putting up a pre recorded uh, one-year admission university online at youth.adventist.org. You can actually go there, and it'll show you step-by-step how to start a one-year mission. So it's all training. And here's, um, here's one of the trainings that I did here. I won't show you the whole thing, but we have several different speakers, including Pastor Ted Wilson, uh, Gilbert Kanji, and a bunch of speakers that will do training on how to start your one-year mission, how to get going, all the resources you can use to, to, to start your own uh, one-year mission. So it just kind of gives you a little stuff there. So I wanted to find out if you have any questions for me. Any, any thoughts for me? Any comments, suggestions, or questions? we got a few minutes. So I'd love to hear from you. And then what I'll do is I'll summarize what we're going to talk about uh, at our next meeting. Yes, ma'am. Do we have a microphone that we could give them to... Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, brother. Appreciate you.
5: The Evangelism series in the YouTube, how to do it? Yes. You told us about the young man.
1: Yes, there's a, there's a booth uh, there, and I'm sorry I don't have the title of the booth. I'll, I'll get that for you tomorrow. But he's actually training young people how to hold their meetings on YouTube. Yeah, it's at one of the booths there. Ask for Mark Fox. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Your mic is on its way.
3: <laughs> I was wanting to know um, any stories or ideas of how you have personally lived dangerously in your life.
1: Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, you know, I was speaking at um, um, in Russia not long ago on living dangerously. And they were like, hey, man!" They were all excited. And they said, afterwards, they said, Pastor Gary, um, come outside for a minute. And they showed me this rope course it was way up in the trees it was like 20 30 feet off the ground i'm very scared of heights and they said pastor gary you told us to live dangerously why don't you prove it I was like, oh great i said okay sure I, I was hoping i would delay i said i'm here for three or four days i'll go ahead and do it uh then if that's okay and um i thought they'd forget and i said two o'clock in the afternoon and um they were all there under the tree waiting for me. And so I had to climb up there and do the whole thing, and it was, oh man, it was frightening. But you're right, you know, you need to make sure that you lead and and are able to live dangerously yourself. And I would say in my own life, I've done my best to do whatever the Lord has asked me to do and go where he sends me. I've gone all over the world traveling and, and preaching in different places and been involved in uh, lots of different initiatives, worked as a youth pastor for 20 years. If That's not scary enough, I don't know what is, but... Um, involved in mission trips all over the world, and um, but you know, um, I got to tell you this: that I have never regretted going anywhere God sent me, anywhere. Amen. I've always regretted not following Him, but I've never regretted following Him ever. He's always He's always made whatever situation I faced. He's always made it something that He's turned around for the for the good, and so um, I can praise Him for that. So. There's my answer to that question. hope that answers it sort of. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes. Hello, Pastor. Hi, sir.
0: Uh, I'm from China.
1: Oh, excellent. I was just there in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the first time for me to participate GYC. Yeah. And actually, I came to uh, recruiting missionaries. We are actually a language center uh, established by 1998 by a, by a SDA member who named James Purry, And unfortunately, he and his wife passed away. And me and my colleagues, my co-workers are keep running the school, keep running the center. And, uh, you know, like uh, China is not like in Uni- United States. Yeah. We cannot preach in the public. Yeah. But we do have our own solutions. So uh, we bring students to our English corner. We say it English corner, but actually it's a Bible study. <laughs> All right? Yeah, so every Friday night, uh, we provide them t- opportunity to have them to practice their English. And later on, we choose someone who's really interested to learning Bible, and then we bring them to church. Amen. And eventually, every year, there are about four or five people, sometimes more, sometimes less. So be baptized, became the SDA member. So this is the meaningful part. So we came this year, and we uh, ordered Exhibitor Boots. It's 2 to one at this uh, GYC meeting. So we are actually looking for uh, volunteers or uh, missionaries who fails the call. And uh, uh, like like just you said, a one-year service or one year's commitment yeah. to teach English in China. So I have another wow. question. I don't know how to involve China into this one year, or oh, can I say this one year service or? One year mission, yeah, but it doesn't yeah. matter, it's fine. Yeah. Or what should I do to make my trip be successful? I mean, to get more uh, laborers or more workers for, for gas work in China,
1: thank you. Oh, that's a very, very good question. Yeah, well, I think you did a lot of it just now. <laughs> I think you probably need to come to every one of my classes and say what you just said. That we're looking for teachers. You hear, guys, hear his appeal? They're looking for teachers in China to teach English, but you're really t- giving Bible studies. Did you catch that? Uh-huh. So, if you're interested, here's your man. Come and talk to him about uh, working there. Uh, as far as one-year mission, you want to make sure that you work with your local conference youth director. Are you conference youth director or are you union? Okay, you you just want to work. Make sure that. Have you ever heard the saying that people are down on what they're not up on? You know, if you try to push something without letting the, your pastor know what others, they're not going to be as supportive as if, in, unless you sat down and say, hey, you know, I learned to do this. I've heard about one-year mission. We'd like to do it in, in Hong Kong or wherever. Where are you from in China? Uh, North, uh, capital city, Dude. Beijing. Oh, man, you are. Talk about the ends of the earth. That's the 1040 window right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Population. It's about 12 million population in North City. Okay. 12
1: million. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, so this is the, t- here's an opportunity uh, well, to work in the 1040 window, guys. That's the, Yeah. that's, a, that's amazing. We have
0: a, we have a lot of uh, volunteer, I mean, uh, came from AVS, Adventist Volunteer Service. But uh, that's the only source, resource we have right now. But, you know, China's so big. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the. I mean, the field is so wide, A labor's view. Yes. We don't know how to develop this kind of uh, situation or t- how to solve this problem?
1: Yes. Well, one thing that you could do, sir, is work with your conference and get in touch with Adventist Volunteer Services at the General Conference. And what they'll do is, I'll put an application together. They and already so have that. It, what's that?
4: They they already have
1: that. Oh, perfect. So all these young people would need to do is talk to you a little bit, and then they can go to the GC website, fill out the application. You'll get the application, and then your team will decide whether they get the call. Is it that simple? Yeah, there's simple. But yeah.
0: By the time we need them, is only a few. Like last year, we only got two. Oh. But actually, we need 10.
1: Wow. Why don't you stand up okay. and make an appeal? <laughs> okay. And we're not going to ask anybody to raise their hands, but when you're done, if you're feeling moved to ask and inquire, go see them, okay? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Make an appeal. Thank you. You did it, but do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I can, I can go. Come after. here, come here.
1: This is the 1040 window of talking right here. Thank you guys. What's the requirements for education? Okay
0: well, the requirements uh, is like this: for the visa issue that uh, a bachelor holder is needed so and also the other requirement is ESL certificate is online course, which takes usually about I think one week, and you can pass the uh, training and get that certificate. Yeah. 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 ESL. You you do have to speak English. English as second language. Yeah. Or we say TESOL. Any questions?
1: Okay. What is your name again, brother? David. David. Thank you, David. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate (laughs) that, brother. Thank you very much. Okay. So we'll keep that in mind, everybody. Can we say thank you and give him a hand? That's pretty exciting to have you sitting in here, and we are very welcome, sir. If you want to come and say something at the next class, that you'd be welcome to do that as well. Any other questions that you have for me? Yes, brother. Oh, yeah, here comes your mic.
2: <laughs> so I have a 17-year-old daughter and sons that are 21 and 23, so... You know, some of these countries that you're mentioning, it's very dangerous to, to go into and even mention the Bible or Correct. Christ. How would you alleviate the fears of the parents that, that you're <laughs> not just sending, you know, my kids, you know, out to be...
1: Yeah, I don't know if there's any way to do that. I, my goodness, just sending my daughter off to college scares me. And she goes to a beautiful school, Southern University, but she's, um, it's just, uh, yeah, but we need to go wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. And the way to do that is to make sure that, that there is a plan, that they're, they're going with a group that actually has a plan and you've studied the plan. Um, and like you said, it's very important that, that the organization that you're working with understands the culture it's trying to reach. And by the way, if you guys have heard of being cultural, Right. Reaching the people according to the culture. That's how Paul did it when he went into Corinth. He understood the culture, and he reached the people through the culture. So you need to be a part of a group that knows the culture of their, and knows how to do it and knows how to be winsome. Amen? Amen. Um, by the way, the Holy Spirit gives us tongues. Did you know that? And when I say tongues, the ability is to preach, to speak in the language of the people, right? So the Holy Spirit can give us the ability, but we need to also be educated and rightly trained on how to reach the people we're trying to reach, right? So it's never going to be easy. (laughs) It's always going to be scary, but you can take some steps to make sure that they're going with an organization that knows what they're doing. And that's important. Oh, go with them, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, By the way, going through AVS is very wise, too, because then they have the insurance covered by the general conference. They're insured. So going through AVS is very, very important. And they vet them, too. They make sure AVS does not stamp any type of, of uh, group that does, is not, uh, have, has not been approved and doesn't know what they're doing. So it's good to go through AVS.
5: I just wanted to add that people have asked me the same thing because I've traveled all the world doing mission trips. And people ask, me, aren't you scared to go into some of these places? Is it dangerous? And I just say, the scariest place to go is where God told me not to go. Ooh. So I only want to go where he tells me to go because anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go.
1: That says it all right there, sister. That is right on.
5: They say they have now what they call cell phone evangelism. Yes. Which one is more effective and how can we do it? Because I think some of us can really do the cell phone evangelism.
1: Yes, there is a booth. Everybody say booth. There's a booth on cell phone evangelism. That's really pretty cool. (laughs) That's pretty safe. You can use WhatsApp to reach people all around the world. But it's having huge impact on people. So make sure you check the booth on cell phone evangelism here. Very powerful. Yeah. I, I think there's so many different ways we need to take advantage of the platforms that we have. Just curious, anything for those that don't have degrees? That do not have degrees? Correct. Well, one-year admission is, is perfect for that. Uh, Caleb is perfect for that. Um, And there's no reason why you couldn't be a maverick and not have a degree either by giving Bible studies and reaching out to the people. What I basically did um, is I sent out flyers just for myself in the neighborhood, and I put on there a check mark for anybody who wanted Bible studies, and I was able to find a ton of Bible studies just around my house that I could give Bible studies to. By the way, I'm here, I'm in the church today because a Seventh-day Adventist chose to be a missionary and crossed the street to my parents. I didn't say cross the ocean, I said what? across the street, there are lost people right next door to you. And that's also the mission field. Amen? So we do need to go to the ends, but guess we also have to go to Jerusalem, and we're in Marine Jerusalem, right? So let's not forget that. Um, when I was two years old, there was a knock on the door, and some Seventh-day Adventists came by, and they really took a, they were an older couple, by the way, and they really took my parents under their wing and began to teach them. My mom was very receptive right away, and she was, she was ready to be baptized. My dad took some more time. But this family just loved my parents. Whether they accepted Jesus or not, they loved them. But then they started Bible studies with them. So they they didn't just have a friendship with them. They they wanted to help them grow spiritually. And when I was about uh, five years old, my parents were baptized. And immediately they felt called to go to Africa. So I grew up as a missionary kid in in Malawi, Africa. So they they went to Andrews University. And they learned how to be missionaries. And we flew there. Can you see how that is? If that family had just not crossed the street, can you imagine... I wouldn't be here today in the church. My brother actually went back, and he's now the CEO in Malamula Hospital in Malawi. He went back to the place where my parents were missionaries, and none of that would have happened if a 7th Avenue couple didn't take a risk and cross the street. So, did I answer your question? Okay. You have a good, strong voice, actually. Preacher's voice.
3: <laughs> um, I work in Belize as a missionary, and there's a lot of people that, we have a, a mission training center, um, and there's, we have had people that come, they, they haven't known how to read, <clears throat> and they, some don't, they've never been to high school, um, lots of different things, but there's so many mission projects that are already out there, if you don't have an education, if you don't have a degree, um, you just have to search, and if you, like, I, I know of a lot So if you are interested, you can come and ask me too. But there's tons of um, self-supporting ministries and also um, supporting ministries that have industries as well that are out there that maybe aren't in AVS or maybe aren't exactly under the GC, but they're there working alongside the the church. And so those are options. I know we've had some of our people go to Peru and they work in, in the jungle and they work with people that they don't have education and just a little bit that they know is way more than what everybody else in 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 those communities knows and so um I don't think education is ever a reason to to not go if you feel like you're being called um just figure out find out um because there there's so many options and I also for the the guy who's wondering about um how parents can get over the anxiety of having um their children go to these these faraway places um it's a huge need that's in the 1040 window, but there's so many more needs also in the world, too. And so if you're afraid of your, if your children going to these scary, scary places um, and they're not experienced, they don't have the, like, people who, who have been to other countries, they, they start learning, like, what to watch out for, where not to go, and, and kind of they can, they can do a lot better. But if they haven't had that, there's other countries as well that are still safe. And there's needs. There's, there's so many places in South America and in and, and the islands and that are, they still haven't heard the gospel either. They're just fewer than what the 1040 window is. So um, there's lots of options. You just have to look for them.
1: Oh, Very well said. Very well said. Thank you very much. By the way, everybody say Vivid Faith. Vivid Faith. This is a new website. Everybody say it again. Vivid Faith. Vivid Faith. If you go to Vivid Faith, they post all the mission opportunities that are happening around the world. So everybody say Vivid Faith. Vivid Faith. Go right there. And find one, sign one up, sign, sign up for one. We're actually going to be talking about Vivid Faith tomorrow morning. And I'm going to walk you through the website and so you can see where all the places you can choose to go that are out there. So, very good option for you. Um, how much time do I have left? I want to make sure I don't... Cool. Minutes. Eight minutes, okay.
5: I'm a mother of five. And um, in my church, there's several people. And I also a mother of, another mother of five, Mm -hmm. that she wanted to send her children to mission, mission, and um, she, but her husband, they weren't in agreement with that. Um, So she did not, and now, today, she cries every time because our children are not in the church. Hmm. We want to k- keep our children in the church, as you said yesterday, keep them in the church, but we're losing them by holding them back from going going out in the mission. And, you know, as for me personally, I think that I'd rather my child to be out there no matter how, maybe because of where I was brought up. And I'm, I was brought up in the... Um, lower part in jamaica hmm. so it was for me more of a maybe a scary part where you would not go and for me for my children i want them to experience what i've experienced Amen. and um i would want them to go and i rather them to go because they can it might sound weird but they can be raped here they can be um, in diff- they can have an accident, yes. and anything could happen through that accident. So, my thing is if they're in a mission doing God's work, I would be more content knowing that they were doing something for God.
1: Hmm. Very, very encouraging for you to say that as a mother. That takes a lot of courage. Very, very good. Thank you.
3: I just wanted to make a comment real quick um, for, like, having, like, opportunities to go to mission trips. Don't forget about our local churches, too, the churches you are from. Because being at Seventh-day Adventist, we have people from all over the world. I know, um, for instance, like for me, I went with a family that um, was from the Philippines, so I got to go through the 1040 window and help them out for almost a month Ooh. out there. So Excellent. just, you know, don't forget about our churches.
1: Amen. Well said.
5: I have a question. Um, for the one-year missions, um, I know you guys are targeting the cities, universities,
0: and so forth and so on. Um, my question is, after the GC um, session in 2020, you said you're going like, to expand, like it's a springboard. Um, do people go out in teams and do they pick the cities or like, does the GC send them? Like, how does that work
1: pretty much? Okay, very good question. Um, first of all, let me ask you a question. Let's say you were thinking right now you wanted to be a part of one-year mission. And you wanted to know who is the coordinator for one-year mission in the North American division? How many of you from North American division? Raise your hand. Okay, pretty much all of us, right? Let's say you were looking for the North American division. Uh, let's say you were from Europe. Where would you go to find the coordinator for one-year mission in your division that you could actually call them and have their email and everything? Where would you go? Youth.avensta.org. Youth. We have the coordinator for North American division. We have a coordinator for every single division around the world. So all you have to do is go to that website, find that individual and get in touch with them. It's very simple. So we made a real simple way to bridge if you want to be a part of one-year mission. Okay, to answer your question, um, the, that union, Lake Union, is actually going to be selecting the cities. And they're, like she mentioned, they're actually training them for a year now. They're actually doing running through the cycle once, and they're going to do it again, and they'll be ready to go. So you'll be able to be placed in a team that has, has already tried, had done it successfully, and it'll be cities that have already been chosen. Am I saying that correct? Okay. Does that answer your question? Okay. All right. Yes. Flippy.
0: So we have a lot of uh, young adults in our, our church, and but not all of them. We wanted to do something as a group together, right? So is there any opportunities for us to go as a, as a group for like a week or something to do a mission somewhere in the U.S. since we can't, you know, it's kind of hard for us.
1: That is a really good segue. How many of you like short-term mission trips raise your hand then you better stay here because guess who I have coming here in a few minutes the one and only Pastor Paulo Tenario I thought I'd get a bunch of claps Texas Conference anybody here Texas Con- alright he is the youth director for the Texas Conference he's going to talk to you about short-term mission trips amen how you can get one started what they're about what they've been doing in Texas how you can get involved so we're going to talk about short-term mission trips in about 10 minutes is that cool Okay, The last thing I want to share with you, and then you can be dismissed, use the bathroom and come back if you want to, but I, th- I think you'll really be blessed by Paulo's presentation. It's going to be powerful on short-term trips. Um, we are going to do something that we hope will go viral, Okay, and we're going to start it here at GC. We're, to, we're calling it Give Him 20. Everybody say, Give him, 20. Give him 20. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Every single, the first Sabbath of every month, at our GC Facebook page, that's GC Youth Ministries, at our Facebook page the first Sabbath of every month, we are going to do a live filming, just with a cell phone, it's not going to be like high tech or anything like that, a live filming of young people gathering around, praying for two things. Praying for God to show them his vision, show them his vision, and God to fill them with his provision. The first Sabbath of every month, on Sabbath, we don't know exactly when it will be posted because we'll be all around the world. So you're going to see kids from every place around the world getting down on their knees, earnestly praying over Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And here's what we want you to do. We want you to watch it, and then we want you to do your own 20-minute Give Him 20 and put it on all your social media outlets. So what we'll be doing is all around the world, we're starting a viral movement of young people praying. Can you imagine? Praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praying for God's vision to become a reality in their area. And we want to start a viral movement of Give Him 20 all around the world. Can you imagine what that would do for youth ministry as the Spirit of God begins to come upon our young people as they march forward? So we will give you all the, we'll kind of explain it to you really quickly this Sabbath. But it's not going to be high tech and we don't want you to have to be high tech either. Just point a point, and you'll see young people praying earnestly. We'll say a few words to you. And then we'll end right at 20 minutes. And then sometime during the month, you do your own 20 minutes with your friends or family or whatever, and you post it. In fact, we're going to create a group on our Facebook page. We'll tell you all about that. And you can actually post your pictures and videos up there, and we can see young people all around the world praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you think God would actually honor His Word? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who? Ask, yeah. So we're hoping to GH20 to be a viral thing as we begin to ask for God's vision and God's what? For vision. All right. Okay, by the way, it says four seminars out there. I have six seminars. Six seminars, yeah. So um, let me tell you what we're going to be doing and I'm gonna, I am going need to end right now because uh, Paulo's going to be setting up in just a second here, but I want you to see... Here's what we're going to do. Today we just talked about one-year mission, Caleb and G20. Now we're going to talk about short-term mission trips, how you can do that. Then we're going to talk about finding mission opportunities and 100K. I mentioned that a little bit to you, but we're going to talk about the Vivid Faith. Remember the Vivid Faith uh, website I just talked to you about? Then we're going to talk about public campus ministries, how to reach your local university. That's going to be the second uh, class I do on Monday. And we're going to talk about how to get involved in Adventist activism, GYD, Global Youth Day. So you don't want to miss that one. And then this would be cool if you could start a small missionary group in your dorm room or in your church or in your home or wherever. So we're going to talk about that. So this is kind of the layout for, the, um, for, the, for today and for tomorrow. Let's have a prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for being here with us. Father, we're, we, we've seen your vision. We know about your provision. We want to move forward. And we ask God that you would help us to do what you're blessing. Father, we know your heart is with the people in the world that don't know you because you love them so much. And so, Jesus, we just want to be a part of your heart and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: This message was recorded at the GYC to the End in Houston, Texas. GYC, supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at GYCWeb.com dot org